Tennessee. This is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new mashup edition of the Quinn Spin, featuring your next favorite band. I'm your host, Quinn. At least that's how I'm known here. On the program, and I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of ECM Collective. I almost said Underground Music Collective, but we're not that anymore. We are ECM Collective. That was made official as of October 2nd, and we're building a wonderful community that I'm sure I'll tell you about at some point on this episode. But before we do any of that, I am very much privileged to be joined here on the Quinn Spin because the tables have turned, and this time I get to ask all the questions by David and Philip from your next favorite band. And you may know that here at ECM Collective, we are partnering together on a very special showcase in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at Steel Stacks on Friday, November 17th, called Nashville Meets Bethlehem. And it is a songwriter showcase. It is. Writer's Round, Nashville style but brought to the local audience. So very excited to have you guys here. Very excited for that, of course. But first of all, thanks for, uh, first of all, thanks for providing the restream uh, link for us to record this. This Yeah, no pleasure. Definitely an upgrade from Zoom. I feel like I've finally made it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, thanks for having us. Yeah, Yeah. this is, uh, it's super fun, like you said, to to keep the mashup going and just uh, kind of flip it. Yep, and for a little bit of context for those who may be new here, back in what month was that? May, June, we did a mashup episode where it was your next favorite band welcoming me, and we put it out on both feet. So true to form, you know, we said at that point that we were going to do something similar, mm-hmm. you know, down the line, and now it's down the line, and we have, you know, it's, the line no is time. down, yeah, and there's <laughs> no better time to do it because we are about a month out from that. Uh, songwriter night i mentioned at steel stacks which we'll all be in the house for so thanks for being here thanks for providing the platform the mechanism by which to do this and so let's start off with the three standard questions and david we'll start with you since you're on my left and we'll go left to right okay Uh, those those three questions are who are you what are your passions and why on earth would you want to come on the quinn spin so my name is david moore uh, I am uh, the co-host of Your Next Favorite Band in this context. My passions are, I'm probably sure this is a shock, music. <laughs> um, also, uh, I have uh, a wife and two wonderful sons who are the most important people in the world to me. Um, and then why would I come on this show? Well, because we actually were on the show once before, so I feel like it's uh, something worth doing all over again because mashups are fun yeah it's like the flintstones meet the jetsons up in here for i'm <laughs> oh, myself by... get me off this crazy thing <laughs> <laughs> well thank you sir welcome aboard thank you and phil who am i so philip reese uh in the case of uh, of this uh founder and host of stereophilia studio which is what we kind of just uh, call the kind of the, the where your next favorite band is housed um also, uh, you know, in the regular world, uh, work in the insurance industry. So it's kind of like the, uh, the, the giant dichotomy of super, you know, like dry. I actually love the industry, but for most people, insurance does not exactly, uh, you know, spark the creative juices. But then on the other side, being involved in music and storytelling and, you know, 
discovery of, of, of bands. And I guess that leads into the passions. Um, I really love excellent things and I love finding stuff that are lesser known excellence. So whether that's tiny little restaurants in major cities or, um, you know, a delicious beer and wine or, you know, what then in the case of this music, like stuff that's just awesome that most people should know, but don't. Um, and then try and share that. Like, you know, basically if you find a good restaurant, if you drink a good wine, share it. And then same thing with music, like share that with your friends, share that with other people. And, um, I just think that's a very, very fun thing to do. So, um, that's part of the passions, uh, for sure. Um, David makes an excellent point. Obviously, uh, you know, this wouldn't be able to get things to go as far as it would be without the support of Christy, my wife, and uh, my kids have been very inspirational as well. But what's funny is they don't always watch. So there's always a part of me that's like, this will be a very cool thing. Like, I wish I had more stories or more th windows into who my father was after he passed. Mm -hmm. So I think this will be just something that's kind of cool that maybe they'll take a peek at it at, at some point when they want a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of fun for me to think about the legacy of that. And then why would I come on the show? Why not? I mean, like, it's such a great pillar of, of the music industry. Um, and it is something that proves success of something that spawns in the Lehigh Valley and, and then goes on for great things. So for me, um, I met you through other people saying, hey, do you know Gerard Longo? Because he did this once upon a time. And now look at what he's doing in Nashville. So we met each other through that, through Music Fest, and then now have been chatting for, you know, over a year, year and a half, I guess, uh, just about music and ideas and collaboration. And now it's all coming to, like you said, coming to fruition for for that. So, no, I've been super looking forward to this opportunity because uh, um, I got a lot of inspiration from you and from what you've been able to do. Why, thank you. That warms my heart to hear. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And likewise, I mean, seeing seeing the way that you're doing it, you know, definitely inspires me to up my game in certain respects, like restream versus using Zoom for things like this. Uh, so we'll be doing that very soon uh, cool. <laughs> here at the Quinn Spin. Uh, yeah. But so, and yeah, I mean, it's all coming together, you know, in the sense of collaboration, the sense of building community, you know, between our two home bases, right? I'm here in Nashville most of the year. You're up there in our old stomping grounds of Bethlehem, of mm -hmm. the Lehigh Valley. And Correct. <laughs> we get to bring those things together at Steel Stacks in November, and we'll get to that. But before we do, I want to take it back to the beginning of your next favorite band and how sure. this all started and the journey. What inspired you, first of all, to get on the journey? And how has that taken shape? How did you two come together to team up on this now Man. and take it to where it's reached uh, the heights that it's reached so far? Yeah, I guess I'll take the the one half of it. And then, David, you can like basically they kind of were happening somewhat in parallel. For me, that music discovery side of things has always been a part of my life. You know, whether it was, you know, I would I would make mixtapes in high school, not for girls, but for just playing on like the school bus through a boombox to kind of say, hey, this is some good music. And then people would either yell, turn that off or hopefully they would say, you know, let's uh, you know, that's a great song. Who was that? And then that led to. Um, you know, being a DJ in college radio and, you know, they try and teach you formats and stuff there, but I wanted to break through that and say, can I have a special show that brings on bands that are like not part of this rotation that you have going on that I'll bring in. And, and after I earned their trust, then they allowed me to do that. And I put it on on Friday afternoons, which was pretty cool. So like that was kind of fun. Um, so, uh, 
that was part of that. And then after graduation, it was uh, kind of falls off. I mean, real life happens in a little bit, but uh, always still trying to find good bands to go see live performances of. Fast forward now to living in Bethlehem, started going to Music Fest. And um, I'll never forget, it was actually Low Cut Connie, who's right behind me on the wall here. Um, I walked up to their stage with friends just simply saying, oh, you know, let's just walk around. And I was like, who are these guys? They're amazing. At which point, you know, someone's on standing on a piano, someone's crowd surfing, and it's just this amazing riff that's going on. And they immediately all get back on stage and go, thank you, good night. And I'm like, damn, like, who were these people? How did I not know about them? And so from that point on, I said, I'm not letting that happen ever again. So I started to really prepare for Music Fest. It's 450 plus bands. It's 10 straight days for those of you who don't know. Many of you do. Um, but with streaming services coming out right at that same time, you didn't have to own all the music. You could just go and listen to a track or two of just about everybody. And and those bands also equally empowered to put that music out there for public consumption. Um, so even with a free Spotify service, you could still go and check some things out. Um, so anyway, I started to really prepare, build a playlist of all of the bands, two songs of each. It would usually tally 24 to 48 hours worth of music in one playlist, but you could put that on. It's a whole lot of cassettes you would it, need to go would back to your, uh, a lot your school of bus singles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of cassettes. Um, but uh, started to just then jot down, like after, you know, just putting it on around the house or playing, you know, working, you know, driving, you know, uh, commuting to work, you just start to jot down which ones were catching your ear. So you build a list and then you're like, okay, now I know on this day, these are the five bands I want to go see. And you got to plan for it because you might have a north side and a south side. You need a shuttle, all this mm -hmm. good stuff. Um, and some of my friends were like, why are we running to this other stage? We're having a good time here. And it's like, no, you're going to like this. And again, hopefully they would trust me. We would go. And then that turned into they did like it. And then so more and more people would want to come for that part of it of saying, all right, we're going to go down with Phil because he knows which bands to go do. I now just need to show up and drink beer and eat food and go, you know, follow this kind of curated list. Mm -hmm. That then turned into other people asking for it. Total strangers would hear about it because of a friend of a friend or whatever would text me and say, hey, I hear you have a list of bands. Can I have it? And I'm like, sure. One of those people ended up being George Wacker, um, who uh, is uh, has a business, Lehigh Valley with Love. Yep. Mm -hmm. And coming out of the pandemic, there was such a high energy for getting back to Music Fest, getting back to outdoor festival enjoyment. And it seemed like it was going to be safe. So it was this euphoria that was going on. So people like him were taking it that up a notch. So he was going to do a live stream. And he's like, Can you want to come down, share your list, just talk about how you curate it and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, sure. So uh, that went well. He then asked to use it each day of the festival. I said, Sure. And then we started meeting bands who super appreciated like the free publicity and the the fact that we were touting them as being a must-see band for the day. So then that led into, you know, kind of saying, hey, would you come on the show? You know, and then eventually it was like a monthly content that happened where um, I helped curate and set up the band, prep the, you know, the the questions and the and whatnot. And then we were doing like a monthly episode where there was going to be, you know, uh, music content on Lehigh Valley with Love. Mm -hmm. After about eight months, it was like he just said to me, he's like, you could probably do this off on your own. And and I was kind of looking to do more than just one a month. So just kind of formed your next favorite band. Mm -hmm. It was May of 22. So it's been about a year and a half. We started to do um, monthly content from there. Um, and it was really somewhat as, you know, almost by accident as the way that sounds. Basically, it was just everywhere there was an affirmation of 
whether the universe was just shining positively on the whole thing or just bands being way into it. Like we started asking bands who we never thought would even respond to us or even be interested. In they, I was expecting a whole lot of, yeah, but no thanks. And the amount of people who have said yes and were pumped to come on the show and then had a great episode who were people who were like heroes of mine or like I was just totally fanboying out. It's just been mind-blowingly bonkers. Um, but it's been a super cool ride. Um, and now this is where I'll, David, if you want to take like, so basically when it branched off on its own, I had a very easy person to ask to be the co-host because at that same time we were doing lots of just fun stuff. Right. So Phil and I had already been sort of, uh, music fest, music going, uh, local Bethlehem shenanigans buddies. Um, we found out our kids went to the same school. Like after we got to sort of get to know each other some, so, you know, we were like, oh, wow, we have a lot more in common and the, you know, these, these things. And then. Phil and I went to a show in, uh, was it Harrisburg? Harrisburg, yeah. Yeah, it was the first thing we really went out and did a show together. Um, that was March that, 4th, also up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, we saw, yeah, we saw the band March 4th, um, and we started talking a lot about music and things like that. And then so now we're fast-forwarding to bring us forward to where Phil just mentioned. And so he was like, so, I'm, and I had watched in, uh, the thing, the Lehigh Valley with Love episodes that he had done with George. And he's like, hey, I'm thinking I'm going to spin this off and do it on my own and like become like the Laverne and Shirley happy days kind of relationship where no one really understands how it was a spinoff in the first place. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, would you be interested in coming along for the ride and, you know, be sort of like the co-host and, you know, things like that. And I was like, I mean, sure, I'll give it a shot. This sounds like it could be a good time. And um, we, we started doing it. And the first thing we started as I mentioned, it was, we mentioned this early in the show, or we didn't mention this early in the show, but we first did it. I was in a cast for the first thing. So thankfully this is all virtual. You couldn't see it, but it was, it was such an, a weird, awkward thing to be sitting <laughs> with this, like my leg propped up. Like if you saw it out of camera, it would be very like this very, what's up with him. Uh, <laughs> but we started getting artists on and uh, Phil had already sort of had an established rhythm of what he was doing with the artists. And I was trying to sort of find my way at first. And that was okay. Like that was part of the, the growing uh, that has happened with the show. Mm -hmm. uh, Phil still is, as our titles are announced, he's the host, I'm the co-host, so he definitely is the one when we're, we're going through an episode, he is sort of driving the questions through that bring the narrative of a lot of times we're doing like this, where we're doing a, a story about the artist and what they do, mm -hmm. and uh, where they start it and how they connect it and those those type of things. Uh, and I have a tendency to sometimes try and interject questions that might be uh, an interest question that I have from either my personal experience with the band or something that is Phil will touch on something and someone will bring it up and I'll ask for like a, a general clarification so we can loop something else back in or, you know, off off color commenting, commenting, you know, somebody's got to Ed McMahon it up a little bit sometimes. <laughs> and uh where that super helps is David was a is a musician, like was a gigging musician and right. and has that training and that expertise. And so I've never played an instrument before. So there's such benefit to having someone who can help us nerd out in the best moments. And um, we don't get into like music theory or anything like that. Like we're not really digging in with like that kind of level of uh, music structure, but it is fun sometimes to hear somebody mention something and I'll like really latch on to that. Sure. Like, oh, that's a like and, you know, like we did that with talking equipment with one guy because he got to play some crazy cool vintage guitars, you know, things like that, where mm -hmm. um, I would love to get a, you know, get an opportunity to do that. Um, but we've also now as the show has moved forward, we were doing it roughly monthly to begin with and then it was sort of a little haphazard at first because it was sort of we were also 
we weren't doing it on the, the most regular of schedules when things sure. first started. Yeah, uh, June, July was not regulated. August was Music Fest of right. 22. And mm-hmm. off of that, we just, it, it was actually your idea, David, saying, why don't we just go weekly? Because we had so many people off of Music Fest and already in the pipeline that we were like, I don't know how we're going to get to everybody. Because right. at that point, we were trying to do two, like every other week. And he's like, let's just go weekly. And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. Maybe we'll run out and have to go back to bi-monthly and right. whatnot. But <laughs> but uh, we have done weekly since September of last year, and it's been yep. it's been awesome. Yeah, I feel I like once people get wind of what you're doing, it doesn't take that long to get to that point because people want to be featured. People want to tell their stories. People sure. hear a friend or somebody, and they're just like, ooh, now do me, now do me, now do me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and we do have – we struggle with that because – we we're not looking to be exclusive. We're not looking to say that we have some sort of special sauce, but we are trying to basically create a uh, a trust with our listener to say this could be your next favorite band. It's not something that's going to be, um, at least in our opinion or our understanding, mediocre. Like, and and I'm not trying to downplay anything. I'm uh, this is going to sound terrible, but anyway, I guess well, the whole point here is that the the point is that. We're hoping that we do this well enough that anytime you tune in, you know that that is a very excellent musician. Doesn't matter what genre. That's one of the key points here is that we're genre defiant. Like it, it, we've brought on people who are everything from, in fact, you know, the, 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 the episodes we're releasing right now, one is a, they've even called themselves their own genre. But the point is, a, it, it, to best sum it up, is probably like folk Americana pop. And then the next week is um, a, a uh, rap uh, R&B artist who has a harp. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we're, we're sitting here trying to bring in this stuff. But here's the thing. No matter what it is, if the genre is not type, you're quite type of music or you just listen, you're like, hey, not for me, but I know it's awesome. Then we're doing what we're, we set out to do. And if we can also then make that an entertaining conversation along the way where, okay, the banter was fun. I enjoyed listening. Not going to buy their album or go to their concert, but can't wait till next week. Right. Then I will have considered that, uh, you know, where we're where we're winning uh, at, at what we set out to do. Yeah. And I think so much of it, too, is like, how does the listener feel like they can connect with the person? Does that yeah. person, the artist, the band, like, do they have a compelling story to tell? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've both you know, we've all been doing this long enough to where, like, we know that not everybody has their story down or even really knows what their story is to be able to tell it in an effective way that even if the person listening isn't a fan of the genre or like the style is not their cup of tea that they'll still latch on and listen because that person has something compelling to share. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and so like, that's another thing, like for, for me, you know, on this end, like I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, like you have to have somebody who knows what their value proposition is in order. And like, once you've nailed that down, like have that system of like, okay, what story is this person telling? You'll never have a bad guest. You'll never have a bad interview, you know? And from there, it's more connecting with the person and what they do and what they create is, is, I don't want to say secondary to that, but it's a nice little aside. Sure. Sure. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Completely. And there was one other piece of context that I wanted to make sure is like David and I had so many times where we sat typically in a bar um, to just sit there chatting. Oh yeah. These these conversations were were wonderful. And they would probably have gone on for an hour and a half. And all of a sudden one of us was just like, we should be recording this. Like this is a highly entertaining, insightful conversation 
and it and it had those moments that you would I think most people look for is like it was providing um like a, an articulated opinion on something that was also spending times in you know uh self-deprecating humor <laughs> like you yeah. know we don't think we've got anything figured out but we think we've got an idea or a funny story or whatever and we would just we knew the banter was there so it was like a very easy choice for me to say when I needed um, you know, someone to to join me on this venture that it was David to to kind of approach for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember a conversation after the Music Fest Exordium uh, at Steel Garden between the three of us and Bobby Siegfried about how one day you just want to set up the basement in a way to where like yep. it's, it's recording. <laughs> and it yeah, those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And that is that is actually it. After talking about it, then I wanted to take it a little more seriously. So I've started to take some strides to make that a more of a reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's where so much gold happens. And that's where a lot of great ideas come from, too. You know, totally. even just like talking before the show, sometimes after the episode, it's like, man, we should keep running or we just should let be it, running already. Yep. You know? Let but it roll. Well, yeah. didn't we, we had one person we had on who was another podcast host. And he mentioned he starts, someone asks, oh, when do you start recording? It's like when you parked in the driveway. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we've thought about that at times, too. Well, that's that's one way to do it, you know. Especially if there's already a good rapport built there, it's just like, yeah, we're already rolling. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just see where it goes. Yeah, we we've we you know, like one thing I always struggle with, like because some people are like, oh, you should do a Patreon. I'm like, I don't want anybody to pay for this. I want to bring this content and have people be able to you know consume it. And I can't think of anything that I'd want to put behind the wall. Like I wouldn't want to hold anything back. I just want this to be where. Let corporate sponsors pay for it. Let let the, the the you know the general public just enjoy the content for free, and it's up to them whether they enjoyed it or not. Like then, if they come back, great. If they didn't, then we got work to do. But what I that may do is like if you have all this, you know, other assets of a conversation that didn't quite make it into the the final edit of a of an interview of an episode. But you kind of put that out there for people who maybe are into like wow, you know, I wouldn't mind having three and a half hours worth of unedited content. If that's worth something to somebody, maybe like that's the only thing that's ever dawned on me that it's like, if we did, like David said, just start recording, capture everything, edit out the stuff that, you know, again, that doesn't help get the story moved forward, but maybe there's some hilarious moments in there that just didn't make the edit. Then maybe that would be something worth, you know, putting us behind the Patreon wall. But other than that, I couldn't think of much else to, to be worthy of it. Well, those ideas, I think, evolve over time, and maybe one day there will be something that evolves. I mean, certainly this journey for you since branching off from Lehigh Valley with Love has taken on a life of its own. And so what unexpected things, you know, unexpected byproducts of this show have you encountered or experienced? Like, in what ways has this journey taken you places that you didn't expect to go at the outset? I see way more of Phil. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, and I'm sorry for that. Dude. I'm, I'm joking. No, it's it's probably true. Um, yeah, Dave, do you have anything for that? Um, so there's two things for me. You you're gonna have more things that go with this. And the one is about the show, and one is is slightly personal. So the the one and it it though it plays into the joke from before. The first one is um, I, I've had an opportunity because of the 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 show. Phil's very good at making connections. I just pointed the wrong way. Phil's very good at, at making connections. Um, is to actually get a chance to meet and talk to people in a way that's beyond the casual, like, hey, nice show in the three second or five minute, even at best case scenario conversations and actually getting to 
meet people instead of just that. And that's wonderful. The other thing this personal one is uh, Phil's become uh, even a better friend. And that is really great. <laughs> Now my heart is warm. Such a heartwarming episode. Wow. Here tonight. Yeah, it's, it's a very good. special episode of the Quinspin. Um, I agree with that one hundred percent, David. And I've, you know, I've so enjoyed having someone to depend on, you know, I don't always have that. And so knowing that I've got an anchor there, um, that if, you know, uh, you know, you just can't get to everything, like you anticipate things and so on and so forth. So it's been just a terrific, um, you know, partnership uh, to, to kind of, uh, you know, approach this whole content. Um, the show wise, I think I've been surprised at the interest of a very, like, successful professional people to say yes to something that maybe hadn't proved itself yet. Um, you know, they didn't have a ton to vet a year ago. Most people we had met after a show, so they knew at least we could form sentences <laughs> and that we, you know, had, you know, had enough going for us that they'd be willing to at least take a flyer on it. Right. Um, so I guess I was surprised at the amount of people who were willing to just simply set aside an hour of their life on most times a Sunday um, to join uh you know, a, a virtual recording studio and tell their story. Um, and just like, there's been people who we've been able to arrange for this that have just blown me away. For example, like um, Daniel Levitin, who is a New York Times bestselling author and a neuroscientist who wrote, This Is Your Brain on Music, which is a book I read years ago and found amazing about learning. I was always in search of like, why do I love listening to music so much? So, and I loved maybe going into the scientific side of it and being like, can you help me understand this? So then I write to him just simply saying, love your book, would love to have you on the show. And he writes back and says, yes. And I'm just like, wow. You know, and then that same thing happens with the entire band of Wheatus sat, sat down on a curb with me <laughs> during <laughs> the middle of a festival that sure. they were headlining. I mean, you know, and then, and those are just like, even people not like just again just the gratitude and and the humility of being able to have people say yes and then come on and tear, share their story and i think another element was we never shy away from a more vulnerable conversation mm -hmm. i find those to be some of the most important ones because i've seen it in my own life and in my own experiences in my journey of how alone someone could feel um or how important it is to get a topic out there. So we've had people talk about um, failure. We've had people talk about racism in the music industry. We've had people talk about, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, you know, all these different things, suicidal ideation, you know, just different stuff that it's just like they either wrote an article about it and it was out there to be found, but not like on their band website. It was just something they authored and you find it. Um, we always check with them beforehand when it's something sensitive like that. We always say before we go live or before we're recording, hey, found this. Don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But if you are okay with it, I'll bring it up in the flow of the conversation. No one has ever said no yet and always have said, thank you so much for giving me a platform for that because most people don't want to talk about that. Right. And so that I think was a surprise, but not. But like it's one of those things where it's like I find those moments so rewarding and fulfilling and that probably sounds too self-serving it's more like 
I'm more just so excited that that person has this another venue to get that conversation out there. And again, if any one other person hears it and maybe feels a little bit less alone, it's like, wow, like that is some very cool stuff that maybe we didn't exactly set out to do, but I think has been a very, very um, humbling, but very cool part of, of some of the episodes we have out there. Right. It's that rippling effect. Cause like everything starts from this idea, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever, wherever it starts, you know, whatever the idea is. And then what grows from there is really a bri- a byproduct of what you put into it, the connections you make and your own willingness to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we, as podcast hosts, as we, as interviewers, whatever you want to call it, like put ourselves out there and f- use our opportunity to share our piece of the world with people and be vulnerable. It's going to invite other people in to do the same. You know, there's a certain comfort that I think, especially for artists who are, you know, always putting themselves out there, always bearing their souls. And sometimes the industry, you know, is a cruel mistress and Mm -hmm. rejects it right back at them. Yeah. 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 You know, to give them that platform that, you know, maybe they've had to fight to get, or maybe they've had to fight past their own fear Mm -hmm. or their own resistance. Yeah. In your episode, we talked about cancer survivor. I mean, like there's stuff like that where it's like, you know, it's not about the music industry. It doesn't have to be. It has to be about these human stories. It just happens to be a musician that we focus on. Right. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, I, I love our ability to, to kind of have you give that story and, and that. And again, the, the challenges that that is. I mean, like you're a teenager struggling with mortality in ways that most teenagers don't. And I just thought it was the great story to share because, again, who knows who else out there is battling that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, and thanks for giving me that platform as well, you know, because it's something that I never shied away from, mm-hmm. you know, like if people ask, I tell them, but like, it's only a thing in the past, like couple of years where I've really started leaning into it. I think because as I get older, I realize like, whoa, that was, that was yeah. actually, cause I, I think it didn't fully hit me when I was a teenager. No. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have a total context there to, to compare it to. Yeah. Like, you know, after surgery, it's like, okay, let's get me to physical therapy. Let's get me back on the football, <laughs> on the football field. field. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it years, you know, I just passed 20 years cancer free in April and th- like that number 20, it's like, whoa, okay. I was 16 mm-hmm. when it happened. Like, you know, the second chances lasted longer than the first. Like you never know what's going <laughs> to <Sure>. happen, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you really have to appreciate every day and, you know, give people space to, you know, to share the same with you. And that's, you know, I think, you know, across the board for all of us, like what our pl- platforms individually as well as collectively have, you know, have done, you know, now I want to go to another thing that's inherent, you know, within this creative journey that is challenges mm. in the process of getting the show off the ground, growing it to the point that you have. What what challenges, if any, have you encountered, you know, as far as trying to make things grow or trying to connect with, you know, a larger audience, connect to certain artists, connect to certain segments of the industry? Mm-hmm. What challenges have you had to maybe overcome personally in the process? Well, I think time frame is a big part of it because it definitely, you know, takes it if you're going to do it well, which, you know, that's what we want to be able to do is is it's going to take time for that you know, managing contact for scheduling, uh research for what topics and questions to bring up, um working on some of the different, you know, songs to feature, so bringing them down and uploading them so that you can share those at different points in the episode, editing afterwards, the, all that good stuff. Um, so that time commitment is a challenge. Um, I haven't 
I would say it's obviously, uh, you know, the, the luck that we have is it is a hobby for us. So we don't need it to be like lack of clicks, lack of whatever, uh, you know, and not having enough to maybe even go and ask for a sponsor. Um, if this was going to be a business, it would be scary as heck and you'd have to make different decisions as a result. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, yep. but for, for us, we're able to say, we're just having some fun. We're using it in our off time. So whether it's nights or weekends, like that's when we focus on the content. And if that costs us momentum here, clicks there, whatever, we're going to be fine with it. Like for now, we're really just looking at putting out the best episode each Tuesday night to live stream to YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. Take that audio with hopefully as minimal editing as possible and put it up as a podcast episode on Thursday morning and then do it again the following week. And so um, for now, that is going to hopefully build momentum and algorithms be damned. We don't, we're not going to be a slave to them. We're just going to simply move on and move forward with the content and take what that brings us. But we have that blessing. Like We don't have to worry about it in this way or that way. And there's definitely times where I'm just sitting there going, well, why would this one get way more than that one? Or what? I'm trying to figure it out. And I ultimately just go like that and say, whatever, I'm just moving on to next week. But again, if it had to generate revenue, if it had to generate some sort of a plan around it, I would just sit there and be probably, you know, very flummoxed <laughs> at a minimum and wondering more about the whys. But right now we can just worry about who's next week's guest and how do we prep the best show for that interview. So that's nice there. David, I, I figure you have something as far as the the challenges. challenges yeah, yeah, the scheduling is is not just getting the bands, but making it work with our own personal lives right. is, is I mean, even if it is a hobby, we're dedicating, you know, uh, quite a bit of time to try and make this happen. Uh, and, you know, I have other hobbies and we have aforementioned <laughs> family and all that kind of stuff, you know, right. that like, you know, these are things that all have to be sort of balanced out. Um, that's been a challenge. Uh, Elton John does not return any of our emails yet. <laughs> so that one's been a challenge. We're working on that one. I, I, I don't know how many episodes I've brought it up in, but we're one of these times. It's my favorite on. running joke. <laughs> uh, um, but the, the point that, that Phil made is right now this has a fun factor attached to it. There's the challenge of looking at it beyond that scope and wanting to not get the pie in the sky too high right now because mm -hmm. there's a lot of like, that would be great if, mm -hmm. and that if it's only two letters sort of can do a lot of heavy lifting. True. <laughs> um, and so I think keeping, being mindful of that has been actually a challenge. And there's been maybe some slight frustrations that have rolled up, not because of that, but because of maybe like challenging difficulties and things like that where mm -hmm. maybe I'm not available and Phil has an opportunity and I, I want to go, but I can't do it. And all these kind of things where it's, it's, it's not a problem per se, but challenges, I think is a good, is a good word for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, we've had some artists that we've wanted to do things with that we've been unable to because of schedules. Uh, we've got some special showcase shows that we've done, which like this Nashville meets Bethlehem one coming up that have been uh, different than our typical episodes. And there's been some logistics and challenging things that have, we've learned, I don't want to call them done wrong because those are all the learning <laughs> experiences. Right. Uh, but you know, I think that for me is the, the biggest things right now is looking at it, like keeping the mindset that like the enjoyment needs to be there right now. We're, I can't believe these people keep talking to us sometimes. Uh, and I mean that in a good way because like, we, we do, we do episodes. Sometimes we don't have a guest. We literally refer to it as knucklehead banter because it's, you know, it's, I, 
it's great that these mm-hmm. people want to talk to us and we want to talk to them for sure because we, their stories need to be told. You know, just because you're not an Elton John doesn't mean that you don't have a great story to put out there mm-hmm. and you don't have great music for people to hear. And I think a similar, uh, like a parallel to that is I'm sure we go and listen to bands where we're blown away by the sheer like genius of the songwriting, the talent of the performance. And we're sitting there going, how is this not a more successful? So they're probably scratching their head as to saying, why would that band make it and not me? And not in like a jealousy way, but more like our sound is this and that and this, and it checks all those boxes, but they make it and this one doesn't. And so I think that's the interesting part about like being able to say, hey, if you love, you know, Kings of Leon, there's no reason why you don't love Mo Loda and the Humble. Like they have such a similar sound. And so since Kings of Leon is a disaster show right now, personally, so like they're not going to put out any new music, then go find Mo Loda and the Humble and just continue to love that style of music. So like, I think that's the stuff where it's, it just is so frustrating for them that we hope we can maybe simply say, Hey, let us, you know, in a whatever way possible we can create a window and a doorway for people to walk through to go listen to your genius. And then, you know, hopefully that makes them a lifelong fan. Well, that's the thing is like, it takes a village, you know, and it takes, you know, building that community, building that rapport, you know, with different people in different networks, you know, different media outlets and even across industries who can help you grow your platform and vice versa. You can help them grow theirs. You know, it's, Really, it really comes down to building that community over time as an independent artist, as an independent creative in general. You know, the music industry in itself is very cookie cutter, you know, in terms of the traditional avenues right now. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not first name, middle name, country guy writing about trucks and beer, first name, middle name, sad girl writing sad girl songs. There's not a whole lot of room for you on terrestrial radio for sure. Right. You know, and so it requires most of the musical ecosystem, the vast majority of independent artists to go out there and make their own lane and go out there and find their own fans and find their own audience. And it, it's important then for them to be in tune with who they are and why they're doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. And I think on that point, uh, David, uh, I'd love your take on this too, but like, I think the majority of the people we have met and talked with, they're not looking to become Taylor Swift. They're looking to make a living at writing music and performing. Like they're looking to be, just view that as like, oh, what do you do? I'm a plumber. What do you do? I'm a singer. Like, it's just part of society providing a, 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 a service and everybody gets to make the money that allows them to live the life they want to live and not have to worry about tomorrow. So, like, I think that's the majority of the people we've met. David, would you agree? No, I would agree with that. We actually have had a couple guests on that have had the opportunity where they're like, I just actually am doing being successful enough. That this is now not the side gig, even though they're playing. We, I mean, we literally have one guest on who's playing 200 shows a year and it was not his full-time job. And that in its logistics sense, just made my head sort of turn sideways, <laughs> but it, you know, and he was just at the point where he was making that leap. And it was the kind of thing where it is a challenge because of what Gerard, those references you made are perfect examples of the sort of cookie cutter, you know, things that are, put out on radio or featured on the, the, the sort of how the, the Spotify mechanisms work mm-hmm. um, versus the 
maybe you don't do music that falls into one of those categories, which is a good thing, but it also means that you have to find the fans. You have to convince people that this music is a valid art. That's not just like, there's some people that never want to dig past that and that's fine. Like they want to listen to whatever's on the radio. Like that's their, and that's fine. That's taste. You know, like I'm not in charge mm-hmm. of those decisions, but <laughs> there are more people that I've come to know from not just the show, but just people I know uh, that, are hungry for new music. They're not necessarily like, like out of control for it, but they're always interested in finding something that's like, I didn't know about that or mm-hmm. that's really cool. And they just want a little insight into that. And I, we're trying to make that connection so that these people can, as Phil said, if we do a little bit to move somebody's piece, one more space on the board uh, to move them closer to the, the ice cream float spot that gets them like the music career. That's a full-time mm-hmm. life affirming thing. Fantastic. Yeah. Or even just a little bit of, uh, if, if that is not tomorrow, that hopefully they get the feeling that two people out there cared <laughs> and really like what they do. And it helps them go another day. Like, mm-hmm. it, and even if that was just what came out of it and zero people listened to that episode, I still think that was worth it. So, like, if that's something that comes out of it, too, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, and that's the thing is like when you have that support, it does tend to light the dark hours, right? Totally. Like, you know, because we all on the creative journey, especially once you do or are trying to take it full time, like there are going to be it's going to be a very bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no way around that for the vast majority of us. Don't listen to all these gurus who tell you it's easy. It's not. It, it is, is a slog. And you know, you need those people in your corner. You need that support system who like when things are looking rough and you're questioning yourself, like you look at the impact that you're having. If you're a musician, you look at the impact that your songs have had. You look at the progress you've made from point A to point B and now on to point C. Like those people, those stories, those connections that you make are the things that keep us going, you know, and just like, you know, you need opportunities and you need to build a network to find better opportunities and build better relationships professionally. You just need people in your corner. (laughs) You know, you just need a community around you. Who's going to rally around you when times get tough and who are going to consistently show up for you because they care about you over any one sound over any one trend, you know, and that's, I think what a lot of this creates. And yeah, I think the other great point there in that last exchange is people are hungry for new music, but I think people are also hungry for connection, especially post COVID. And if what's on the radio and what's, you know, in the celebrity news columns, isn't connecting with you, then what are you to do? Either digest that anyway and feel out of alignment or go find something yourself. Right. So that's what shows like yours. That's what, you know, all this music that's being churned out by independent artists, you know, of any genre you could possibly want to find any flavor at all. Mm -hmm. Like it it serves that purpose. You know, it doesn't have to be on the radio to be good or valid or, you know, to even get somebody to a point where they are making a living off of what they're doing. We know between all of us, we know plenty of examples of people who like it is their full-time job and it's not easy and you're going to encounter those challenges. But like, it's possible even if you're not making top 40 hits it's mm-hmm. possible that's one way to do it but like there's a whole ecosystem there's a whole creative community that exists out there and people are people are all about it people want to find it you know you've just got to give them the means to and so i offer kudos to you guys for giving them 
not only giving the musicians a platform, but also giving people a chance, you know, a mechanism by which to discover something that could very well become their next favorite band. That is the hope. I mean, uh, like we said, like that was where the, 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 the whole concept of it really was born out of. We'll go and, you know, in, you know, given our commitment and our uh, lunacy, perhaps <laughs> to see as much live music Two as we want. Two sides of the same coin. Correct. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I suppose you can't be a lunatic without commitment, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're extremely passionate about something. Um, but yeah, it will you know, let us do that work and then, you know, curate who to pay attention to and, you know, enjoy the show. Now, again, we also don't ever take a moment to say, like, who the heck are we anyway? So mm-hmm. maybe you'll hate all of our ideas and don't subscribe. <laughs> like, we, we, you know, we, we're sorry uh, in, in advance. But uh, if you do like what we're doing and we do maybe find, you know, here and there a good band to pay attention to, then keep checking it out. That's, that's basically going to, you know, that, that fills my cup. Well, I'll just give a simple example of that. I have a friend of mine who lives out in Michigan. I was uh, texting with him over a completely different thing. And I made mention of a band that we had on that Phil spoke with during the live stream. He's like, oh, yeah, I bought their music because of that. <laughs> and it was just like That's that amazing. that simple. Yeah. Like it was it, and it was like, oh, yeah, you guys, that was great. I bought it. And it was like <laughs> that. Okay. Like. Goal achieved. Yes, right. Like, <laughs> yes, that that is terrific to hear. But he just said it so matter of fact. Like it wasn't even like like I listen to this stuff all the time to find out. And he's like, yeah. He's like, so I just bought it. <laughs> it's true. those little things. It's those little things that let you know you're making a difference. You know, two degree turn by two degree turn. And you know, Phil, to your point, um, you know, if you like it, then subscribe and keep listening. If you don't, tell your enemies because the chances are, if you don't like it, your enemies are going to like it. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about the psychology behind that statement. If you don't like it, tell your energy enemies until right now, where it's mm-hmm. like, well, if these people are the opposite from you, then theoretically they're going to then like the things that right. you've done. So, <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. pretty and brilliant. Just to spite you, so yeah. that's also fine. We'll accept spite subscriptions as yes. well. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it all it all adds up in the numbers, right? So I mean. Correct. <laughs> complain about that. Absolutely correct. Speaking of numbers, we're looking to do some pretty big numbers, and we've got a number, a magic number of eight artists. That's right. On Nashville meets Bethlehem at Steel Stacks, Friday, November 17th, 8 p.m. start time. $20 in advance to steelstacks.org or, of course, at the door. And yes, thank you for pulling up that beautiful graphic. <laughs> you see the line up there. This is an all local or locally tied lineup. Bronte Fall, based in Nashville but went to Lehigh University. The rest of the acts are from the Lehigh Valley, the Philly area. And what we're doing is we're doing a Nashville-style writers' round teaming up between ECM Collective slash The Quinn Spin and your next favorite band. And so Beautiful Distortion, Billy Bauer, and Chris Lawrence that he's joining on violin, Bobby Siegfried of Chasing Daylight, Bronte Fall, who I mentioned, Carly Commando of Slingshot Dakota, Chelsea Mitchell of Dirty Dollhouse, Roy and the Secret People, and members of Tioga joining us. And so we've got this incredible lineup that I, I know we're all hoping is the first of many, mm-hmm. but to be able to bring our forces together and to bring our communities together, both in a musical sense and just in terms of, you know, what we're building, I, I have to say for me is so, so, so cool. And so full circle. Cause you know, as, as you know, 
as most people probably out there know, we started this in Bethlehem, PA, as mm-hmm. we had Valley Underground, then went to Underground Music Collective, and now we're ECM. So, you know, it was it was a natural, you know, a, a natural inclination to team up, you know, with you, Philip, and with you, David, on eventually putting some programming together like this. And sure. so thank you guys for being a part of this and, of course, making some key lineup contributions, you know, to see this thing through you know but from your perspective i want to know you know the process of this and how you feel it's come together and your own excitement about the show i mean i love it so we want to feature like the songwriter you mm-hmm. know the, the the you know the 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 person that is the songwriter so like this is a great way to make that happen and like you talked about a little bit before creating that community so these in some cases these are people who all know each other Mm-hmm. And in other cases, they've never been on the stage together because they're whether they're again, their, their music styles might be so different or they're just not ever had the opportunity. So it's kind of that, again, once again, a dual kind of hope here is to help them feel like they're doing amazing work by being asked to be a part of this. Um, by then also maybe meeting others who can, they might do future collaborations with or just simply form a network with and then bring in the audience to say, these are eight people you should be paying more attention to. And, oh, guess what? They're right in your backyard. So um, I think that is a tremendous, you know, again, the evolution of where this goes from just simply hopefully an hour long entertaining, you know, watch on YouTube for some people to maybe something that's going to create a momentum around a you know, a, a theme or, or, or you know, a, 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 just a, simply somebody's talent getting elevated to a level and getting discovered by multiple people. So I just think that that's a very cool thing to be a part of. And I appreciate and so grateful for your ask to have us kind of play a role in that. Um, I just think it, it fits really well together. Of course. And when we when we first started talking about this, I think it's an important point to hit is like we didn't want to pull all of the artists from the same clique. You know, mm-hmm. from the same circles, rather. I don't, I shouldn't have used the word click. But, like, <laughs> you know, for example, like Steel Stacks Open Mic, I probably could have filled this whole thing with artists just from that. It would sure. have been a great night. However, what we wanted to do is we, to your point, we wanted to introduce artists to other artists that maybe they haven't had a chance to work with. Yep. Maybe they don't have a chance, you know, don't know each other yet, mm-hmm. haven't heard each other's right. music. But after tonight, collaboration tonight meaning of november 17th collaboration mm-hmm. is going to start you know and also you know, not only among the artists but among their fans you know yep. each one of these acts you know we booked because we know that they've got followings you know and we know that they're going to bring people out and so let's make their you know let's make billy bowers people for example aware of roy and the secret people yeah aware of the beautiful distortion if they're not already mm-hmm. you know let's let's build audiences Correct. out of the audiences that already exist and get them intermingling yep. because again, it's, it's a perfect example of rising tide raises all boats. We're mm-hmm. bringing different communities together, right. not only geographically and, you know, in terms of like ideas, bringing the Nashville writers around concept to Bethlehem, but also it's building a stronger community and breaking down some walls that I don't think are necessarily there intentionally. It's just like, you know, people are focused on their own hustle and they can't help what they don't know. So let's bring all these brilliant artists into the room and get them knowing each other to the point where they're looking out for each other. They're cheering each other on and maybe helping each other find opportunities. Yeah, I think I'm all of those things you just talked about, that the the growth and the the collaboration that's going to come out of this hopefully is really something to look forward to. Um, the 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 
writer's round for anyone that is checking in and doesn't quite know what that is, is there'll be, f- if I'm, and correct me if I've got the structure on, but it should be four of them on stage at a time mm-hmm. and they'll each walk, play one of their individual compositions and they'll mm-hmm. tell the story surrounding it either before or after, maybe within, depending mm-hmm. on how they want to approach it. Mm-hmm. If anyone's never been to one of these, sometimes the other musicians will start to join in. It's a pretty interesting thing that happens sometimes. Yep. Um, so it should be for a very full night of entertainment. Uh, it's in a fantastic space. So, and yeah. uh, you'll get to also see the the breadth and quality of what's available in your own backyard. Yeah. And I think what you just talked about is my favorite part is when a, uh, so they had, like you said, there's this four people on stage at the same time, but really the spotlight's on one at a time mm-hmm. for them to make that moment of here's my song uh, and they can do with it as they will. And I love when the other three, join in in some way they might be just that talented and picking up the chord progressions or they might be a huge fan of that person's and playing they were aware of their music and they'll play along and just simply that those moments i think are super special so uh, i'm so looking forward to that yeah and that's what it's designed to do is create those moments and create a sense of intimacy like we're all in the same room like sharing this experience and the spotlight does move from one to the next to the next to the next and back again Mm -hmm. but then you know it's also creating this sense of cohesion like hey we were all a part of that you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're all sharing the stage at the same time you know four at a time and yeah somebody can jump in you know somebody can jump in accompanying i believe we have Billy and Bobby on the same round and Bobby already knows all of Billy's stuff. So I'm sure there's going to be some harmonization and, you know, maybe a little bit of flourishing on the keys to accompany what Billy and Chris are doing, you know, and like, and once that starts, you know, it starts, you know, among the rest of the group, you know, Mm -hmm. it starts, you know, it starts to become contagious, this contagious energy. And what it does is a format like this really builds community in a, in an up close and personal way. And, I'm looking forward to this being the first of many, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, we, you know, we don't have anything else officially on the books, but the idea is, Hey, let's, let's rock this out. Let's do more there up in Bethlehem. Let's replicate this model elsewhere, you know, in other cities, you know, yeah. and as we build ECM, I think that'll become, I don't want to say easier because uh, as we know, the road's never easy, but I think more opportunities will show themselves to us to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But it all starts here. And I, think i can speak for all of us when i say if you're watching or listening to this like we hope that you come out and we hope that you support it you know it's going to be a great night you're going to hear a lot of things that you don't yet know in addition to the artists that you may already know maybe you're just coming into this you're completely new to any of these artists but you're going to leave with something you enjoy and the lineup mm-hmm. is curated in a way that supports that too i think so totally. If you like music, this is the place for you in Eastern Pennsylvania on Friday, November seventeenth. And you know, I can't think of, I can't think of anything cooler happening that weekend. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> it's the definition of cool. It's yeah. basically yeah. Fonzie. Yeah. Yeah, and we and November seventeenth will indeed be a happy day. I almost, I almost said the embodiment of Fonzie, but I suppose it's the. Uh, the disembodiment of Fonzie, which then got a little creepy. Yeah, because that's only a step away from disembowelment. Right. Right. And Henry Winkler's still alive, too. Right. So, I mean, like, that's also like a, a got to be careful there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, apologies in advance to Henry Winkler. Good friend of the show. <laughs> um, so let's shift back to your next favorite band, you know, and obviously, you know, we have this show coming up at Steel Stacks that we're co-presenting. Uh, you guys keep turning out episodes. What lies on the horizon, you know, as 2023, almost forgot what year it was, as 2023 <laughs> comes to a close and we turn focus 
already to the new year. We're already in the fourth quarter of 23. Mm -hmm. What do you see up ahead? So one thing that uh, this may not be abundantly clear and it doesn't need to be, but I'll, I'll share it as a window into how we kind of structure. We cut the year into three, call them seasons, um, January through April, May through August, and then September through December. Um, and so what you'll notice is on a podcast, we change the season when it moves in. So we just moved into season five. Um, and also the backgrounds change. So like there's some subtle things there. You don't have to care. I care, but no one needs to care. But with that, the last, like the the end of each four month season was always had a, a special kind of either episode or, or theme, if you will. Um, so December makes total sense. What we do is our winter wonder jam. And what that is, is kind of a reflection back on the year because it's towards the end of the year. Um, and, uh, and so we look back at maybe some of our favorite moments. We invite anyone who's been on the show in that calendar year to contribute a song, um, ho either seasonal or holiday themed. It doesn't have to like, you know, it doesn't have like, I'm never want it to be just Christmas. Like there are, you know, uh, you know, uh, Hanukkah songs and there are, you know, winter themed songs, year end Thanksgiving, like it can be anything from that time frame, or it can be an original, whatever someone wants to contribute. So, um, there's usually some really cool, uh, moments with, uh, original holiday music. Cause sometimes people have written their own stuff. And again, it's just, no one's shining a light on it. So uh, a lot of times people are like, wow, this is so cool because now I'm listening to all new Christmas music that I didn't know was out there. Or yeah, I just, I'm not into Christmas. So it was nice to hear some other stuff out there because I'm tired of walking into the mall and hearing nothing but that. So Mariah, Mariah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so the nice part about that is that we also try to have a sense of humility and gratitude about it because we also want to make sure we consider those who are less fortunate. So we are always sharing a text to give code to our local homeless shelter. And if you'd rather donate, like if you're not listening in the Lehigh Valley, um, Donate to your local homeless shelter, whatever it is. Like we're just simply saying, you know, there's us people out there who just aren't as as as, as in a good place as we all are. And if you have the means to give, great. If not, you know, then just keep them in your minds or donate your time or whatever. We just kind of share that. Um, April we did for the first time ever uh, this year. April twenty twenty three was the first time we had the. Uh, we talked earlier about passions. Another thing that I'm passionate about is the environment. So. I was always scratching my head in, uh, as those of you who do know, the Lehigh Valley is like the land of the fest. So like, it's music fest, arts, you know, fest, there's a bacon fest. What Blueberry else fest, yeah. apple days fest. Yeah. Celtic. October I mean, fest. October, October fest. fest yeah. yeah, I'm sure they borrowed that one. But uh, like, you know, <laughs> every <laughs> there's there's a, you know, fill in the blank fest, I feel like every weekend. So but yet never anything for Earth Day or the environment or whatever. And so the whole be the change you want to see in the world. I was like, all right, fine, then I'll do it. So we created the No Planet B Jamboree. Uh, no fest in there. We, we don't use the word fest. But um, anyway, so this year I was, you know, talked with David, wanted to get his take on that. And, and you know, it was going to take, like he said, the, the bigger, the, those episodes take a whole lot more prep um, and, and, you know, involvement. So um, we, we, we did it though. Like I thought it was a fun day where we had about 90 minutes of, Interviews with organizations like Reverb.org that work with festivals and bands who are going to go on a national tour and make it carbon, you know, neutral, um, you know, with many different ways to make that happen. And we brought on an international organization called Music Declares Emergency that just simply is the music industry trying to do their part to point a light at, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, musicians who have songs about 
you know, caring for the earth and what's going on and stuff came on, shared that stuff. And then we kind of had, a, a, you know, a, a lineup. We had, you know, two people who were live in person. We had one who was live pre-recorded for just exclusively for us. That it was like the, the buffer between. Um, so that's a now going to be an, an annual thing. So every April, uh, that'll be the plan. Um, and then August, uh, in that middle season is always obviously music fests that, that is what it is. But like, we, so we put on a 10 day festival. We, we, <laughs> we, we apparently, we, we, we pulled that off yeah. with our own bare head. That's right. <laughs> but with that, I mean, you know, Gerard, like we were, we do, um, uh, a daily live stream every day where we talk about our picks of the plots and, um, we bring on some people to do interviews throughout that. We do the exordium, which is like the preview show the Tuesday before it even kicks off. Uh, David and I just released the best of the fest, uh, where we shared, we, what did we share? 31 different bands on that. I think one? it's, yeah, something 31, 32. And yeah. it, I mean, it's two hours of us discussing and, that and, it, and it, it never slows down to try and get that many bands in. <laughs> right. And I, I, I really think that that's a, a cool one to, to check out because it gives you a flavor for the festival. It gives you a massive smattering of bands to check out that were at the festival who we thought were awesome. Um, so December, April, and then August every year is like this culmination of that kind of like four month, you know, window of time. Um, the guests don't necessarily have anything to do with that in that season. It's more just the way we try to kind of break up the year. Right, right. Which makes the world of sense, you know, having those anchor points throughout the year and you've already got several, you know, developing or established. And I'm just curious, do we have a date for the Winter Jamboree yet? We do. Uh, Sunday, December 10th. Um, it'll probably kick off around three. We haven't totally solidified that because it's a little bit dependent. We're going to follow, actually, we really liked the format of what we did for the Earth Day show, um, where it was like an hour to 90 minutes of banter. And then however long, two, three bands of just straight music. Because yeah. those, the other thing uh, I probably neglected to mention, it is an in-person audience as well as the live stream. So with those, it, we are catering to people who are live and in person in front of us. Um, and then also, um, uh, you know, the, the live stream. But so to, to kind of maximize that, w when we did the Winter, Winter Jam uh, a year ago, it was a little bit of a kind of a mixture of all that. Uh, like a little bit of this and then a little bit of that. It just seemed better when we did it for the No Planet B Jamboree to kind of front load everything of the content. Uh, sorry, of like the, the interview content. Mm-hmm. And then let some live musicians just rip uh, for the second, you know, two thirds of it, if you will. I totally combined the names. I called it the Winter Jamboree, instead of the Winter <laughs> Wonder Jam, and the No Planet B Jamboree. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, it's it's uh, it's all good, but whatever gets the the the, the branding out there is fine by us. And, but, and uh, in a way, it's combining because the concepts are kind of you know yes. playing off of each other. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it worked out. Uh, David, anything? Uh, <laughs> That you would want to share about those special episodes? Uh, we, we learned a lot from doing the first Winter Wonder Jam. That was our first. We did stuff around Music Fest, but we didn't have to have to obviously conduct the actual festival. We mm -hmm. just had to show up and be audience members. Um, but the Winter Wonder Jam we did in 2022, uh, as Phil said, we saw the benefits of what happened with the slight format change of the uh, No Planet B Jamboree, the Earth Day one. And we're going to incorporate more of that model for the uh, Winter Wonder Jam. And I think it'll make a, for a better it, online. It'll be a good experience. But I think the in-room experience will definitely be improved by that as well. And I think sure. that's going to we're going to benefit from that. And that's the learning process. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. And it is hosted at Godfrey Daniels, uh, the Winter Wonder Jam. So with that, if you're you know local or want to check it out, um, we'll start doing our drip campaign on you know who's a part of it. We're starting to get some um, commitments for people who will send us things and then some people who are going to be there to play live. Um, not re- yet ready to announce anything, but it's shaping up to be a pretty special day. Um, so save the date, Sunday, December 10th, let's just call it 3 p.m. Uh, at Godfrey Daniels or on the live stream. Uh, we'll be uh, providing it to you both. And it's the kind of thing where uh, it's not going to be a ticketed thing. You can, And you don't have to be there for the whole thing. If you only had 30 minutes because you're out shopping in Bethlehem, stop in for a little bit, enjoy, leave, you know, uh, you know, just kind of enjoy it there. The only thing we were asking is everybody who shows up that kind of like suggested donation thing to the new New Bethany Ministries is the homeless shelter that we try to support that day or Godfrey Daniels, one of the two, like make a donation to one of those two um, or both. Uh, if you know, if you have the, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on, on the spot, but if you have the means and you can do it. One thing we've learned from all of these nonprofit organizations is you know, no donation is too small. So it's five bucks. That goes a long way for all of these different people um, to kind of help, you know, pursue their mission. Um, so that's all we would kind of ask is some kind of a, a donation to those organizations that are doing great work. And also Godfrey Daniels is an amazing support for us throughout our infancy. And so um, so grateful to them for what they've done. Um, yeah. And, and so that's that one. And then the, uh, the No Planet B Jamboree looks like it's going to be, it'll be a Sunday. Sundays just work well for this. So it looks like it's going to be April 21st, I think it is, is the Sunday. And Earth Day is the 22nd on Monday, if I remember those dates right. So that one's kind of already set as well. That one gets hosted in the Sun Inn Courtyard, uh, also in Bethlehem, as long mm-hmm. as it's not going to rain on us, which obviously April has that ability. Um, so we'll always have like a a backup plan, a plan B for the no planet B jamboree, <laughs> if you will. Um, so we'll have something where we could figure that out, but um, hopefully the courtyard treats us well. We had perfect weather this last year, which couldn't have been, you know, you know, more uh, ideal for our inaugural event. I'll actually be in town both of those dates. Awesome. I'll, be up, I'll still be up there from uh, the November show. I'm mm-hmm. just staying for the holidays. So I'll be there for uh, the winter wonder jam. And then that weekend in April, that Friday, is my niece's confirmation and I'm her sponsor slash godfather. So, uh, which is kind of funny, you know, considering, (laughs) you know, certain things, but you know, either way, I'm happy to be there for the kid. (laughs) Uh, I I almost went down a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. Um, We'll save that for another, the the basement uh, recording podcast where we can just let the, yeah, the, uh, the the basement tape tape roll. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'll be there for both of those. So I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and uh, hosting all at once here on the Quinn Spin presented by your next favorite band. Uh, Before we wrap up, just want to give you guys a chance to let people know where they can learn more about you. Um, So, uh, David, why don't you broadcast the website? Because that's all not only, uh, you know, are you the co-host, but you are the uh, the master of of the of the the website. It's all your creation. So so bask in the glory. The website is nextfaveband.com, just like how the logo is written out. That's in the the, if you're if you're watching this, Uh, if it's so it's nextfaveband.com. It has all the episodes on it. We uh, typically and then all of the social media and everything from there. Uh, can be uh, uh, shared out from there. So anything or your subscription links or whatever it is you want to do, you can get to all of the other things from there, along with what like Phil is showing right now. There's the page we have this, you know, follows like the specials that we were just talking about. So we have 
the Winter Wonder Jam, the No Planet B Jamboree, so that you can see what it looked like in the past, get an idea of what we're going to do in the future. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, it is a, a process. We just re actually rebuilt the whole thing recently. We just relaunched the whole thing um, about two months ago, right before oh, the, hey. the, the summer. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> That's a lot of handsome on that screen. So we've yeah. uh, got to be car- We got to be cautious. Look at that. Um, but it is uh, the best place to find all of the links to the things when we're discussing the show. That being said, um, we are on all of the social media places that you probably are looking at minus TikTok. Um, so, <laughs> right. but, and the, the handle for that is the same as the URL. So it's, 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 you know, the website is nextfaveband.com. So if we're on any of those locations, it's nextfaveband. So if it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's, uh, uh, YouTube, you know, you can find us yep. using nextfaveband. Um, and you know, that's where the stuff ends up. Uh, Tuesdays are the video side of things. Thursdays are the audio side of things. Um, and you know, then we, as Phil said, then we plan for the next week. And then the other thing about the social media is we do try to put some stuff on those that would be different than anything else we've shared. So, um, on Instagram, if we go to a concert, we're probably going to post, uh, you know, either, uh, pictures from the show or real, if we're allowed to record, um, and then Facebook would have different ones and then Twitter, you know, uh, something else entirely. So we do try to keep the content fresh and fun and different based on the different platforms, um, so that you would have a reason to follow us, you know, in each one. Um, or you could just pick the one that has the most, you know, uh, content that aligns most with what you want to check out more of outside of the episodes. Very nice. So make sure you check out and support all things your next favorite band, including Nashville meets Bethlehem and all local songwriter showcase at Steel Stacks. And that, of course, is taking place on Friday, November 17th, 8 p.m. Start time, 101 Founders Way, second floor, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That is the Arts Play Center at Steel Sacks. The beautiful distortion, Billy Bauer and Chris Lorenzetti, Bobby Siegfried, Bronte Fall, Carly Commando of Slingshot Dakota, Chelsea Mitchell of Dirty Dollhouse, Roy and the Secret People, and T-Yoga. On the lineup, co-presented by ECM Collective which, of course, the Quinn Spin's part of, and your next favorite band. And speaking of the Quinn Spin, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and more Two Ends in Quinn, Two Ends in Spin. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Quinn Spin Official. And you know what? Facebook has actually been getting some traffic lately, so why not go there? Find us there at the Quinn Spin. We, too, are not yet on TikTok, although that should probably happen at some point um, once I get a Gen Z person to run it so i don't have to and (laughs) speaking of social media you can follow ecm collective on all the socials instagram facebook x x still trips me up linkedin i don't like that either yeah me neither me neither youtube uh also ecmcollective.com join us we have a lot of great stuff happening we have virtual coffee chats we have educational opportunities for our community and you get to be featured, you know, as a member, you know, out to the world through our platform. If you're a member, so go to ecmcollective.com and sign up now. And if you're interested in all those things, plus the occasional fitness thirst trap, follow me on Instagram at GerardLongo12. <laughs> Revel Nine's all I've become. About to take us out just like it brought us in. Grab some muffins on your way out. <laughs> <laughs>